Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. <laughs> the risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. Okay. I hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I like Absolutely. where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Mm -hmm. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Hi, we're planning something for the future. <laughs> we we're just discussing. We're just deep in discussions. We have big ass plans. Mm, I'm always so, having big ass plans. I know you are. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We're not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, March 14th, 2020 at DNR Did you know that DNR is the only place you can hear this and a dozen other fabulous podcasts throughout the week? When they first air, if you listen somewhere else, leave, leave your ratings and reviews on whichever audio platform. You guys, I say that every week and I feel like most of you don't listen. If you think, if you're a listener and you love this show and you think like, he doesn't really need me to leave a rating or review, I need to say to you, oh, contraire. You are wrong. You are wrong. Because if every single one of you, it literally, if every one of you just posted five stars on Apple Podcasts, and wrote a short little thing. Great show. I love it. Da, da, da. The, the ratings for this show, the amount of people downloading it would increase tenfold. Should I leave a review? Yeah. Oh, wow. my God. I don't even want to talk. JB, JB don't wow. Did, have you left a review? I don't have iTunes. Okay. Well, yeah. I, have, I, haven't I have not left a review, but I, am, I think I'll give it. And you have Apple products. In any case, please do so. And email me. Me at Adam at AdamSank.com. Like the Facebook page. Donate to my AIDS Walk New York page. You guys, I'm trying to raise 10000 bucks as of this uh, recording session. I've only raised about a fourth of that. So please go to AdamSank.com and give generously. All the money goes to GMHC to support people living with HIV, AIDS, who um, are not in a good financial uh, situation. A lot of them need food. There's food insecurity. There's homelessness. Um, please help. Okay, on a much lighter topic, our guest today is a comedian, a gay comedian, who I have never met before. Wow. This will be my first time meeting him. His name is Philip Markle. He, um, he's a musical comedian. Hmm. Or he's a funny singer. We're going to ask right. him which one he identifies as, but he does these very funny songs. Um, he's kind of avant-garde. He's kind of alternative. I think he's going to be a great guest. I'm here for that. So we'll be talking to that. Uh, as you already know, Ryan Frostig has not left a review for the Adam Sank Show, but he is our co-host, so please welcome him back to the ass. The Adam Sank Show Are you doing is it as basic as fuck. No, I'm just kidding. Um, hi, Adam. Hi, Ryan. This is the last time uh, you're going to be uh, with us. I know. Well, actually, you'll be with us kind of next week, right? I'll be right. here and there and everywhere. And but then you've got some shit going on. We're going to have a, shit. A, a month of guest co-hosts again. I hate when you're not here. Oh, but I do love our guest co-host. So yeah, it's a it's a win lose. I hate not being here, uh, but um, I'm a busy bee out in the world doing things. I guess Ryan will be playing a fungus. At a I play, will be at a play called Trees at La Mama at La Mama April second through the fifth. Make sure you see him in his off-off Broadway debut. Uh, also, Ryan and I together will be performing with the New York City Gay Men's Chorus March 20th through 22nd. It's Big Gay Sing Divas, Divas, Divas. divas. It's like the music of everyone you love. It's Whitney, Britney, Madonna, Beyonce, Cher Judy, Pink. Cher, Pink. I mean, Everybody. it's crazy. It's every diva. Um, 
But we have a lot to get to today. Yes. And we're going to start with this story, which is now several weeks old. Mm-hmm. But when I posted it on the Adam Sang Show page, the, uh, the, it got quite a uh, reaction. I think hmm. there were like 200 comments. And here's the headline. Doctors are warning people not to put frozen potatoes in their anus. Wait, didn't we just have not too long ago someone with a banana? Yes, that story was about how gay, how men in general should stop jerking off using banana peels. And I declared that story to be complete bullshit because A, no one's doing it, and B, there's no way it could harm you. But this is a real thing. This isn't just some stupid cocktails and cock talk story. No, I have one in my anus right now. <laughs> is it Are baking? Are you baking a potato? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? Here's the thing. This is a real thing because there's an old wives' tale that if you have hemorrhoids and you freeze a potato and stick it up your ass, it'll help uh, relieve your hemorrhoids. There are actual videos online that these idiots have made where they're like, here's what you should do to treat your hemorrhoids. And and even a so-called doctor uh, has claimed that, that this is what you should do. He says, peel a raw potato, cut it into thin slices like you do for French fries, put the slices in the freezer till they are frozen, insert the frozen potato slice in your anus, and I hate the word anus, and leave it there for 30 seconds. Repeat the process for three to five days. Three to five days. The next three to five days, leave the slice inside for 30 seconds more each time. I guess you're supposed to keep increasing the amount of time that the potato slices are in your butt. Uh, the potato. Uh, he claims the potatoes have astringent properties, which help relieve the pain and itchy sensation, which usually happens with hemorrhoids. And the ice cold potato constricts the blood vessels, reducing the swelling and relieving your pain instantly. Now, again, this is not good advice. This is wrong, bad, incorrect medical advice. Real doctors, like Dr. Diana Gall uh, of the online medical service Doctor for You, says, "Quote: Hemorrhoids or." Piles, as they're also known. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? <laughs> That's so gross. I've had hemorrhoids, and I never knew that they were also called piles. Piles and piles of hemorrhoids. She says hemorrhoids can be an irritating condition, and sufferers are sometimes too embarrassed to seek professional help, so they turn to this old wives' tale instead. There is no medical evidence that putting frozen potatoes inside the anus can help cure piles. So I would urge caution to anyone thinking of doing it, Piles, she's insisting on calling them piles. Piles often go away on their own after a few days, but there are some tried and trusted ways to keep them at bay. Drink plenty of fluids, maintain a fiber-rich diet, and try having regular warm baths to ease the itching and the pain. Frozen potatoes are apparently not the only hemorrhoid treatment being circulated online. Some people claim that CBD oil has successfully treated their hemorrhoids. I could get behind But doctors warn against this, too, because there's no research into the Mm. effectiveness of this. You know, people claim CBD oil cures back pain, hemorrhoids, anxiety, you know, AIDS. Like, CBD oil, you can use it here first. Right. We don't know that any of these things are true. Um, I will say, as someone who used to have really bad hemorrhoids, Mm -hmm. everything that the doctor, the real doctor is saying is true. Soaking in warm Epsom salt baths uh, will help reduce the swelling. But the main thing is diet, man. Yeah. When I switched to a high-fiber diet and started taking those fiber supplements and the psyllium powder, my hemorrhoids went bye-bye. Bye-bye. The shit just flew out of me. Bye, piles. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this story has made me quite hungry. But also, let's not put things in our butt that don't belong there. Thank you. Are you suddenly craving potatoes? I am. I had hash browns for breakfast, actually. In another uh, unrelated story... So, Ryan, here in New York City, we have five boroughs. People do. don't always understand this. We have Manhattan, Brooklyn, the Bronx, Queens, and Staten Island. Mm-hmm. And of those five, Staten Island is sort of known as the trash borough. Yes. I used to live on Staten Island, and to tell you, Rose Hawk, it, it is. Great they pizza, have, though. They used to have a dump on Staten it, Island. There was a ma- mm-hmm. massive garbage dump, dump there for years. But also, it's known for having trashy people. Um, of all the five boroughs, Staten Island is the only one that went for Trump. Mm-hmm. They're solidly Republican. Um, but an interesting thing's been happening on Staten Island. Staten Island has its own St. Patrick's Day parade, separate from the Manhattan one. And just like the Manhattan one, the organizers of the parade are super homophobic, and they will not allow openly gay people to march under their own banner in the parade. So you can march, 
and be like, hey, I'm Irish, but you can't be like, hey, I'm Irish and gay and hold a sign that says that or that you will be banned from the parade. This has been an issue in Manhattan's uh, parade since I was a child. I remember in the 80s watching on TV all these gay groups being like, fuck you, St. Patrick's Day Parade, for not letting us march. And over the years, more and more Manhattan politicians, including the mayor and the governor of New York, have been like, we're not marching in this parade until you allow LGBTQ people. Well, now it's happening in Staten Island. A number of officials there, both Democrat and Republican, have pulled out of the parade because they're like, we will not march until you allow gay people. And I'm really proud of the Republicans who are doing it especially. And the latest person to to do this well, in a slightly different way, is Miss Staten Island. Miss Staten Island's name, and you're going to love this, is... <laughs> Hold on. That kind of feels like it would be a great drag name. Miss Staten Island? Yeah. Okay. It's like a trashy... Well, wait till you hear her real name, because that's a better drag name. Her name is Madison La Insalata. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's Madison L apostrophe Insalata. Wow. Can't you picture her coming out in a gown made of, like, lettuce leaves? Mm-hmm. So Mad- Madison Lynn Salata is the reigning Miss Staten Island, and she was scheduled to appear in the parade. But then she came out as bisexual, and the parade organizers banned her from the event. That's so fucked up. She's 23 years old, and as the parade kicked off, uh, she stood on the sidelines wearing her Miss Staten Island sash as well as a rainbow scarf. She said, I'm proud of Staten Island, and I'm proud of the title that I have because I know that myself – this is bad grammar – because I know that myself and all the other girls involved – how about just I – do a lot of really great things for our community, she told reporters. It's a shame – let me do a Staten Island accent. It's a shame that this really great community event, we end up not being allowed to be a part of. (laughs) You know the people on Jersey Shore? Actually, that was really good. Yeah. That was really good. It's not fair that I shouldn't be able to mosh because I'm bisexual. No, but I shouldn't be making fun of her. She's a hero. Yes. She came out. Good for I her. Like you should be able to make fun of your heroes. If you can't, who can you make fun of? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I tried to book Madeline, Madison Lynn Salata for the ass. I reached out to her website, and an interesting thing happened. I got a um, – what do you call it when someone says no? A rejection. No, the runaround. I got a very polite rejection, but it didn't come from her. It came from someone at the Miss America institution. Huh. Now, I didn't know that Miss Staten Island was a big enough title that that would be overseen by Miss America, but apparently it is. Like, they must own all the pageants. Well, I think Miss Staten Island might be a stepping stone to becoming uh, Miss New York, New York, which then is definitely part of Miss America. Right. So someone at Miss America was just like, hey, we're going to pass it this time, but thank you wow. um, you know, for, for your interest. So I'm wondering, like, did the real Madison Insulata – Will the real Madison Insulata – Please stand up. Please stand up. <laughs> Does she even know that I wanted her? I tried to I, I tried to friend her on Facebook and send her a DM that way, but you know how that works. Madison, if, if you're, you're listening, listening, I'd like for you to hear me, please. <laughs> <laughs> please come on the ass, despite the fact that I just made fun of your accent and called your borough trash. <laughs> I really do love you. We love you, Madison. And, and pra- bravo to her and bravo to all the politicians in Staten Island and elsewhere who say – if you're going to exclude gay people on the basis of their sexual orientation, we don't want to be part. We're going to walk. And out by the way, St. Patrick's Day, let's be honest, is a trash holiday. It really is. It is a white trash. White trash holiday. I, I love Irish people. There's nothing against the Irish. This is a holiday where white people get drunk as fuck. Who probably aren't even Irish. Who probably aren't even Irish. Get drunk as fuck. Get in fights and Throw puke up. all over the street. Yep. That's or, what it is in New York. Or if you're a cute black guy, they buy you drinks. Oh, okay. is that true? Yes, I've been uh, okay. So why BMCC? I go. I used to go to school there. Uh, Irish uh, Irish Day never fails. You walk around bars and you see the drunk girls. They say, "Oh my god, hi Irish, here's a drink." Yes, thank you. The only thing trashier than St. Patrick's Day in New York is SantaCon. Oh my god, SantaCon be gone. At least SantaCon, like they kind of wear cute outfits. Yeah, some of the guys look sexy. Anyway. Um, in other news, and this next story is really visual. You, I beg you to go online and watch the video. Oh my we God. will play it for you, but the video to watch is much better than to listen to. So here's what happened. A drag queen in Washington, D.C. named Geneva Confection. Another. This is kind of a good name. Great drag name. She uh, was doing her weekly drag brunch at a uh, bar called Rednecks. It's a restaurant and bar, and it's a two-story restaurant with a balcony. 
And apparently she has done this stunt before where she lies down on the balcony so that her she's like literally flat on the balcony as if the balcony were a mattress. But the balcony is just this – it's a thin uh, railing, very thin railing that's holding her up. And as she was doing this a couple weeks ago, she slipped. And that's what this sounded like. Listen to this. <laughs> Now, what happened at that moment as that person screamed is she literally slips off the banister and it looks like she's about to plummet to her death. This is a high second floor. It's a, it's a good, I'd say, 100 feet at least, Ryan, from the ground. Wild. And if she had landed on the ground, she would have either been dead or paralyzed. Yeah. Like I had some, 100%. I had someone comment like, LOL, no one's going to kill themselves from that. Yes, they will. Yes, they absolutely will. It's like falling off a very high ladder. Yeah. Anyway, she miraculously caught herself with her hands. She grabbed the banister as she was going down and then was helped back up. Queer T reached out to Geneva Confection, who said, uh, quote, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't jumped on the banister before. It's a trick that generally freaks people out and I've been able to control. But before yesterday, things didn't go as planned. She said she would think twice about doing it in the future. Quote, I absolutely will reconsider getting up on the banister again. Honestly, after this last time, it's really not worth it. Okay. First of all, this this reminds me of that story where the queen in Miami jumps off the bus, where she leaves the brunch, goes onto a double-decker bus, and then jumps off and lands into a split. Yes, which was amazing. Amazing. Unfortunately, because of that, there has now been this precedent set that we have to do crazy stunts at drag brunches. Mm -hmm. Drag brunch is not that serious. Just go around the room. It's not worth dying Collect for your it. money. You don't have to go up on a ledge. I mean, it's just like it's, it's, it's insane. And I, I, I'm glad that this queen is uh, uh, alive to tell the tale. Me too. But – don't do this Don't shit do again. Don't do that. Like, I'm a little disappointed in you, though, Ryan. Why? Because I carefully crafted the headline on the rundown for you, and you didn't react to it. DC drag brunch nearly ends in death for stupid stunt queen. <laughs> it's pretty good. Sometimes the headlines are just for you. Sometimes, I, sometimes they ring, and sometimes they don't. Anyway, Geneva Confection, if you're listening. If you're listening. I'd like uh, for you to hear me, please. Call Madison Insalata. <laughs> and... <laughs> Put together, <laughs> her, put together an act. Yeah. Please do not lie down on a banister overlooking uh, a, a giant drop to the ground ever again. Thank you. That part. Meanwhile, something's seriously wrong with Madonna. Girl. Oh, my God. This is very sad to me. Very sad. Uh, at the end of February, one of the last weeks in February, she – first of all, she's been plagued by health problems this whole Madame X tour – and she has to keep canceling dates and she keeps showing up late on stage. And there's been a lot of real like hatred and vitriol thrown at her from fans who are like, if you can't do it, then just fucking cancel the show and give us our money back. Well, uh, on one of the last nights of this Madame X tour, she, she fell really hard on stage at uh, a venue called Le Grand, Le Grand Rex in Paris. And she was forced to hobble off the stage with a cane. According to the newspaper The Sun, she burst into tears on stage and struggled to stand after tumbling off a chair and was assisted off the stage by one of her backup dancers. Of course, she was unable to take the stage for the next night's show. And over the weekend, she um, – over that weekend, she went on Instagram to detail what had happened and she wrote, Here I am, flesh and blood. If only knees didn't twist and cartilage didn't tear and nothing hurt and tears never fell out of our eyes. But alas, they do, and thank God for this important reminder that we are human. I fell two nights ago on stage when a chair was literally pulled out from underneath me by mistake, and I landed on the floor on my tailbone. I made it through the show last night, but just barely because I hate disappointing. However, today even I can see that this broken doll, held together with tape and glue, needs to stay in bed and rest for a few days so she can finish her tour with a smile on her face in one piece." 
So the tour, uh, by the time this episode airs, the tour will have already ended. It, it ends on March 11th. And it makes me sad because I really love Madonna. I've loved her since she first hit the scene when I was 12 years old, 13 years old. And the thing about Madonna is she's always been so athletic and mm-hmm. in such peak shape, in mm-hmm. peak physical condition. And her shows are so challenging physically. She does incredible dancing and, and takes on incredible stunts. And she could always do them. And now she's in her 60s and she can't do them anymore. And that must be devastating for her. Here's the thing. I don't want to make this Madonna story about Celine Dion, but I'm going to. <laughs> I took Boy Wolf to see Celine Dion last weekend, or I guess two, whenever, whenever we saw her, and um, and I knew going into it that he was going to enjoy it. We both were going to enjoy it, but he's actually more of a Madonna fan than he is a Celine oh. fan. But I knew that buying tickets to a Madonna concert was too much of a risk because, uh, unlike Celine, who is She's a vocalist. She just stands she, there and she, sings. She stands there and sings. It's it's so much more than that. But but yes, she she's just singing. Madonna is not a singer. Madonna is an entertainer. Primarily, I would say a dancer. Yes, that's her greatest talent. And and just being you know an icon. An icon. She is an icon. Creating a but new persona over and over and over again. Unfortunately, she is no longer um, physically able to be touring, doing these kinds of shows that require her to, um, you know, be physical and dance and do all the things that she's known for. She's just not, she can't do it anymore. And the thing is like, it's hard for anyone to get old, right? Like I hate getting older. I wake up every morning with my back hurting every single morning. It's just like a regular thing. Now I have to stretch it out. I have to do all these things. I never had to worry about that shit. Right. And I'm not on stage, you know, doing tricks and stunts and backflips and everything. So I just... I just, I know it's hard, but what you're saying is so right. Like she has to acknowledge that she cannot be the performer she was. She can still put on great shows, but maybe like she needs to hire dancers to do all the crazy shit and she can just stand and and sing and pose and, you know, do some very simple stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is like totally off topic, but uh, I I saw Alaska Thunderfuck perform um, at $3 Bill in uh, in Brooklyn and that's basically what she does. That's what a lot of people do. It's like they perform their couple songs and then they bring in other people to do tricks and to dance and right. to do like other Britney things. Like Britney Spears isn't killing herself no. when she gets on stage. She's got backup dancers who who can do that. Yeah. So I, I I mean, I love Madonna. She is an icon, but I think that she needs to um reflect and reassess the situation and definitely get some rest for now. Get some rest. But I want to say Madonna, if you're listening, is Call Geneva Convention and <laughs> Madison Lynn Salata. I can see this being a huge tour by next <laughs> the summer. Three of them? Yeah, they're going to headline Madonna, at all the music festivals, I think. Come see Madonna, Miss Staten Island, and Geneva Convention uh, on the uh, Over the Hill tour. No, Madonna, I love you. Uh, I wish you well. I hope you heal. And, uh, and fans, stop being cunts. Yeah. Like, stop being be nasty. Like, she's not, can- she would never cancel anything unless she absolutely had to. Moving on. Speaking of cunts, here's a story about a real cunt who got what she deserved. Uh, this is a weird story. This French woman living in, the, in England, her name is Yannick Glodin. Once again, that's Yannick Glodin. She was a catfish. Speaking of catfish, as we were oh, last goodness. week, uh, on Grinder, and what she would do is she would, you know, pose as a man, and she would intrigue these gay guys on Grinder and be like, "Hey, send me nude pictures, send me nude videos," and they would, and then she would blackmail them. Jeez. Uh, wow. She used the pseudonym Stephen Saint Pierre, which names, is even worse than Allison Mosey. Names this week. Uh, to trick her first victim into exchanging phone numbers, email addresses, and nudes. During that period of contact, the victim sent the defendant, meaning Yannick Gladin, uh, a number of intimate and personal pictures and videos. When the victim became suspicious as to whether Stephen St. Pierre was a real person, the victim cut off contact in December 2017. But then Gladin went on a months-long campaign of harassment Sending the guy's nudes to this is so bad. He sent his the, his nudes to his stepfather, 
his friends and friends of friends, then followed him around town, emailing him photos of himself on the London underground that he had no idea were even taken of him. Can you imagine? It's like this person stalked him, would get on the London underground, take a, like, hey, Ryan, here's a picture of you on the subway. I took it. I'm following right. you. That's, that's not blackmail. That's stalker and sociopathic tendencies. Just saying. All of it. Because black males would usually just take their criminal pictures and from far away get their money. They don't like personal confrontation or be in the area. Just saying. This story gets worse. In February 2018, Glodan started a relationship with another victim and his former boyfriend. This time she used the, word, she used the pseudonyms Harry Wars and Nick Ghoul. She wrote, terrible pseudonyms. Terrible. When that victim lost interest... She filed a false police report claiming his boyfriend was sexually abusing an underage boy. I mean, this goes on and on and on. Anyway, she pleaded guilty to all the charges against her. Uh, the judge sentenced her to 13 months in prison. I wish she were going to prison for 13 years. Yeah. He also imposed a lifelong restraining order preventing her from ever contacting her victims and other individuals connected to the case again. This, we say this all the time on this show. This is what's terrifying about these online apps. Right. You don't know whom you're speaking with. And yes, it is whom, Ryan. And listen, don't come for me. Uh, trend alert, catfishing is back. Um, <laughs> we need to call, what are their names? Neve Shulman. Yeah. That call was, Neve. That was the funniest tweet I saw about Sherry Pie. Oh, my God. They took a picture of... Uh, <laughs> of the RuPaul judges. And it was like, we have a special guest judge tonight, Neve Shulman. Wow. And he's like, yes, I'm here to talk to Sherry Pie. <laughs> That's too much. So funny. But yeah, like just be careful be guys. Careful. And like, he, he, I, I mean, look, I send my nude pictures to strangers all the time, usually on Facebook, but I don't care if my nude pictures get out there. They're already on the internet. Right. If you really want to see me naked, Google Adam Sack naked. And you it's will there. find several. I don't give a shit. You'll see my rather average sized dick and my beautiful ass. So much content. Um, I think that uh, a tip for our listeners is, um, this is what I'm doing personally moving forward. I need social media verification. I need there to be a linked Instagram account, Facebook account. I need to know that you are an actual person that who are had, you really who are you really um but really like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk and i'm not gonna meet with people that have one picture no content in their profile uh, it's not gonna happen that's that's these are the kind of things we have to look out for here's another thing though uh and this is why it's important that everybody be out of the closet because when you live with secrets, you are vulnerable mm -hmm. to blackmail. And mm -hmm. I get that not everyone is in a, a place where it's safe to tell the truth about themselves. I don't want to shame people who of course. are in you know difficult situations or live in a country where they could be put in prison. But if it's possible for you to be honest about whatever's going on in your life, whether you're uh, an alcoholic recovering in AA and you go to meetings or whether you, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, have a criminal background or you're a sex pig or whatever it is, like be honest with the people who are close to you. Yeah. Because then no one can use that shit against you. And, and you know, this is not- Someone sent my mom nude pics of me. Like she wouldn't like it. Yeah. But she wouldn't be like, oh my God, my right. son sends out nude photos. Like she knows I'm a she whore. Also, that's kind of gross. Why would you send it to the family members? That's weird. Oh, you, she's psychotic. She's yeah. a psychopath. Like, yeah. You torture the person, not the family. You don't send dick pics. They saw enough of that. Thank you, Jamie. Meanwhile, okay, remember years ago we did a story about the traveling butts? Years ago. Yes, I do. Uh, that was a friend of mine and his then husband, and they went around the world posing in front of, like, you know, recognizable monuments mm -hmm. and, and, you know, sites mooning showing their beautiful asses and everything was right. fine until they did it in front of, I want to say it was in Thailand in yeah, front like of like a, a temple, sacred temple. Maybe? And they wound up going to prison for like months or weeks. So and it was scary. And all, all these like angry gay people were like, they deserve it. And I was like, no one deserves to go to prison for taking a picture. Anyway, they were eventually freed. Um, they're no longer together. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> the, what? 
going to prison really damaged our relationship. <laughs> I don't know that that had anything to do with it, but uh, but yeah. They, Babe, ever since prison. One of them, the one I know has a new uh, boyfriend now because everyone has a new boyfriend at the moment they break up except, except for me. Except for you. Um, but wah, wah, wah. this Sorry. similar thing happened with a straight couple. Outrage is growing in the country of Myanmar. I think I'm saying that right. Formerly Burma. After a 12-minute porn video was shot in the country's best-known tourist hotspot, which is a UNESCO heritage site where thousands of hallowed Buddhist pagodas are placed. The video was posted on Pornhub by users <laughs> Yees, 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 that's Y-E-E-E-S three times, who described themselves as a 23-year-old Italian couple with piercings and tattoos. According to the site, the pair boasts more than 81,000 subscribers and over 35 million video views. And they've only been on Pornhub for 11 months. We are in the wrong business, Ryan. Oh, my God. Yeah, gay, gay sex and all types of sex people are making so much money. I think I, think I might start doing porn. Like, start making my own I porn. think it's time, JB. Yeah. Stat, uh, where, where do you live? Coney Island porn. Far Rockaway. You know how there are those like, oh my God, you know like funnel like... cake. You could like incorporate that somehow. That could Sex be really... on the Ferris wheel, yes. on the cyclone. Um, is that what it's called? The cyclone? Yes, but I don't live in Coney Island. I live in Far Rockaway. Let's just pretend. Well, that's enough. Um, one I do like that. one yeah. resident of Myanmar wrote on Facebook, our Bagan pagodas are the holy land. And he had multiple angry emojis. The video in question has been viewed nearly a quarter of a million times. Um, Anyway, again, don't don't do that. Don't have sex or pose nude or make porn videos in front of any sacred place. It's just a bad idea. And and when this story uh, surfaced a few weeks ago, people started talking about another story that the ass somehow missed back on December tenth, twenty eighteen, in which another street couple climbed to the top of an Egyptian pyramid. Wow! And videotaped themselves fucking. <laughs> that's what it sounds like when you join the pyramid mile high club i can hear the uh the echo of the pyramid. that's actually not them. that's just generic straight fucking yeah good job jb with that sound though thank you but this guy the guy his name is andreas hvid hvid he's a danish photographer and it, the video is amazing because it, first of all it shows them scaling the side of this pyramid who knew that anyone i mean you're not supposed to do this yeah, those pyramids are ancient they crumble if you touch them so yeah. I'm somehow, security or I don't know how they did it, but they were somehow able to get up there with a camera and a tripod. Someone was definitely paid off. This is this is like a paid off thing. And if you look at the pictures, they look fake. Like one of my Facebook uh, followers was like, fake. And I'm like, it's not fake, asshole. Watch the video. You see them climb up. Uh, anyway, the Egyptian authorities were obviously not horrified. It. And But listen, people want to see this stuff on Pornhub. I, I just want to see like... Ordinary sucking and fucking. You don't have right. to scale a pyramid. Also, that but seems like a lot listen, of work. In these modern times, it's like, what else can you bring to the table? You know, no. this is like Up travel. This is like this is beyond porn. This is like like a. Tra it's become like a travel show. It's like <laughs> travel fucking. No, yeah. fuck that. I I don't need to climb no pyramids. That's like <laughs> if you if, okay. if it involves leaving your apartment, you're not going. Exactly, not and we're not in the U.S. You can't just be flashing Hilarious. people. And stuff and not expect consequences. Absolutely. Real quick, I want to do an update on Charlotte Aubrey. This is the British woman who was stopped on the London Underground and asked to sing oh, yes. sha uh, Swallow, Shallow, Instant icon. Shallow, into a microphone. Swallow. Well, she blew up and Ellen DeGeneres invited her on the Ellen Show and she performed Shallow on the show. Hit it, JB. Fucking so good. good. So then Ellen interviewed her and you know surprised her with a big check and gave her all these like awesome prizes and stuff. And 
Um, She's so good. Ellen talked to her about the advice that Charlotte's father had given her when she was young. Take a listen because to that. Because of your video, the song Six, Shallow. 60 million. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Because of your that. video, the song Shallow re-entered the top 40 on iTunes. You've gone from 4,000 to 400,000 followers on Instagram, and one of them is Ariana Grande. I followed her back. Yeah, good. <laughs> One of my friends told me this. I followed her back. Okay, so, so you're obviously you're a singer. You're a full-time singer. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you were doing like weddings and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, I do weddings. I do pubs. I do bars. Restaurants. How long have you been doing this? Fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yes, yeah. Okay, so your dad gave you some advice. What was that? Yeah, my dad's always said to me, just wherever you are, just always, just sing wherever you are. Never ever give up. I love the story so much. It's so great. I love it's it a so good much. Story of it the really year. is. And like, just keep singing. We love you, Charlotte. Let's do a quick LGBTQ Pride roundup, and then we will have our guest segment. Okay, March 8th through 21st, it's still Wellington <laughs> Pride in Wellington, New Zealand. It's forever Wellington Shit Pride. Shit never ends. Uh, March 21st, Manatee Gay Pride in Bradenton, Florida. March 21st through 28th is European Gay Ski Week in France. The 22nd through 29th is Los Angeles Leather Pride. Mm, fuck me, Daddy. March 28th is Tampa Pride. March 30th through April 5th, Miami Beach Gay Pride. Happy Pride to everyone celebrating. Our guest today is making his ass debut, his debut, if you will. Ah. He is a comedian, a singer, a storyteller, and the founder and artistic director of the Brooklyn Comedy Collective. He has an album of songs that you can listen to and download on Spotify entitled at the Gay Bathhouse, here's a taste of the musical stylings of Philip Markle. Hit it, JB. We're experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. You want to do it later, JB? Did I just sing it? Sing it live, sing Philip. It. Come on. Sing it live. <laughs> what were you going to play? We were going to play uh, a clip from the Bathhouse song when you go upstairs. Oh, here we oh, go. Oh, yeah, here you go. Fine. You go up to the second floor. There's two vending machines, one with condom and lube, one with snacks. No one touches the snacks. <laughs> you can find the forest of glory holes, the den of slings slung from every orifice. Just whatever you do, don't go up to the third floor. It's a garishly lit gym with naked men working out on purple eggplant equipment. And if you look in the mirror there, you might see your true reflection, like a Treyu seeing Bastion in the Oracle's mirror in the never-ending story. Never-ending story. Oh my. Everyone is looking for someone just a little bit hotter than they And everyone's expectations lower as the sun prepares to rise in the east It was there that I had my first sexual encounter On the mattresses I got more action than those ones at Sleepies and please give a warm ass welcome to Philip Markle. Hi, Philip. how's Philip, it going? I apologize for the technical difficulties, but oh, I'm glad fine. we got to hear you. Yeah, you're so good. Much cuter in person. That's than in your pictures. A backhanded compliment. <laughs> wow. So what should I fix in my photos? I mean, your photos are fine. You look handsome in your photos, but I'm a little bit like, oh, hello. Yeah. I wasn't I'm, expecting to be swept off my feet. Oh, well, better in person. Yeah, I really like your uh, blouse as well. Oh, yeah. this thing? Mm, yeah, chambray the denim chambray thing. With yeah. a, uh, are you single, Philip? I am. Okay, good to know. I'll file <laughs> that away for later. Uh, welcome to the show. As I said, it's your first time here. And I we haven't crossed paths, which just means that you're young because <laughs> I know everyone in comedy who's older than like 40. Okay, okay. <laughs> Basically, because I've been around since 1907. Um, I listen to your songs and I have to ask if you have been influenced by the music of the B-52s. Oh, there is a little bit of that sort of like, you know, love shack and like sort of like, and I was fucked in a bathhouse. Yes. A little talk singing, like the Airbnb one too. Um, I just like storytelling and I like singing. And so like the clip of Gay, ba Gay Bathhouse is a song, but it's mostly me just doing stand-up jokes about various bathhouses all over the world within just a really stupid hook of... Gay bathhouse, gay bathhouse, and that's so all fun. the song is. <laughs> it's not much of a song, but it reminds me of B52s because they also, I mean, they have they have that dude uh, who who just kind of talks, but then they have the women who sing yeah. in that lovely harmony, and I also sort of get a little bit of David Byrne 
mm-hmm. from oh, the talking yeah. heads. Mm-hmm. But these are not specific influences or references for you? It's funny, the David Byrne's performance in SNL recently was like my favorite thing I've seen in a oh, long yes. time so with the good. choreography and just like so simple but well-delivered and unabashed. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say like I'm a huge fan, but I'm a huge fan of that performance. But um, yeah, I like I like storytelling through song. That's one of my favorite things. It's like painting a world or taking people in there. And so there might be some spoken lyrics. There might be sung lyrics. How did you get started? Uh, I guess in Chicago. I did Chicago for 10 years, went to college there, and then stayed and did the comedy scene in Chicago. Where did you go uh, to school? I went to Northwestern. Okay. Um, was me and what, 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 what's the one from Mean Girls? Um, she went to Northwestern too, oh, right? Oh, um, Kate... Uh, which character? Katie? I don't remember. Not, anyway, not Lohan. Yeah, didn't Lohan go to me? Like after the, as she graduates yeah, from she her mean to, personality and goes to Northwestern. I think so. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, the same I thought you meant one of the me. actresses from the movie. I was just having a total brain fart. But yeah, I went to Northwestern and then I did uh, comedy training at the Annoyance and Improv Olympic and uh, Second City there, and then I moved to New York in 2013 to run the Annoyance in Brooklyn here. And then, you must know Zach Zimmerman. I know Zach Zimmerman very well. He was our guest last uh, last oh. week's episode. Yeah, we oh, just okay. missed him because we do two two episodes. Yeah, uh, in the how same snarky day. was he? He was uh. lovely. He told us he hadn't had sex in six months. <laughs> oh yeah, did he tell you he fucked himself with his own dildo? That's mm-hmm. the story we talk about a lot. Yeah, yeah. Have you had sex in the last six months? Um, a little. I fell in love on the dance floor and acid the other day to oh, Rossian Murphy, and of course the guy had a boyfriend because everyone has a fucking boyfriend. Not and me. so then we met up. Well, I've that one rang loud and clear five minutes ago. Um, yeah, I, I love the sound effects. The horse, I heard the horse when I was in the Honey Davenport's episode. Yes. Yeah, I love the sound effects. Thank you. Me too. Um, but yeah, of course, this guy. So we, we met up, but then we also were like, yeah, it, very. Not, I haven't had a lot of sex recently, I guess. I guess I'm looking for not quantity these days, but qualitatively better sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get that. So uh, you run the Brooklyn Comedy Collective. You're the founder of that. What is it? What what happens there? Yeah. So that's a con- it's the only it comedy about? theater in Brooklyn. And so I've been uh, – I ran The Annoyance, and then I stepped down from The Annoyance, and The Annoyance shut down like in 2017, I think. Because you left. Uh, I'm not going to – I can't claim that. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm, cl- I'm claiming it. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I then like traveled the world uh, and taught like improv and did shows all over the world, went to Bali, eat, pray, and killed myself, thought about uh-huh. my life purpose. Did you have sex in front of any Buddhist temples while you were in Bali? Um, no. I did have sex outdoor in the rain, oh, which was lovely. pretty great. Like that's We were both romantic. at a white party. So we were wearing all white. It was very oh, um, I love that. notebooky. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty hot. Um, but then I came back to New York and I started my own theater, which I've been running in uh, off the Bedford L stop now. Um, and there's a lot of great, diverse queer performers there. Uh, it is like a mix of everything from improv to stand up to sketch. And um, and then yeah, I performed there myself. I feel like there's a movement. Uh, how old are you? Can I ask? Thirty four. Okay, so I feel like there's a movement among people your age and, and even younger, um, and it's it's changing what comedy is. It's changing what stand-up is uh, and kind of bringing it forward into this really interesting thing where it doesn't have to always be set-up punch, set-up punch, and it doesn't have to be a traditional stand-up set. You know, there can be music. There can be dance. storytelling. There can be dance. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very interesting to me what's happening do you, yeah. Do you, are you a, uh, is that intentional on your part, or is that just sort of what you have always liked? I just think it's like a, a like a melange, you know, to like throw mm-hmm. a little French in there. It's like people just like people like to pull on all their gifts, you know. And and for me, like I've never viewed myself as just a traditional stand-up, a set-up punchline. Like I can tell jokes, but it's all in the service of like using everything I want to do. Like it bleeds into a song, which bleeds into storytelling about you know the horse fair that I fucked at in Berlin, and then like it goes into the you know. So it's just like traveling. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, you're quick. Yeah. So just using all your gifts and just mixing them up. Do you, um, do you consider yourself more of a singer who tells who tells jokes or a comedian who sings? Um, I would say a comedian who sings. Like, look, I tried to be a triple threat in college. You know that didn't we go. All did. That didn't go anywhere. We right? all did. She didn't have it. I got a I got a B minus in tap, and it literally That's not so bad. Oh, it it killed my cum laude, and, and oh. I literally was like zero point one under cum laude, and father was most displeased that that I didn't get it. Um, <laughs> would tap, you like to tap dance for us right now and try I don't to redeem yourself? Let's do a shuffle. Off to Buffalo. That's my favorite. <laughs> there I, you go. First of all, I I also went to school in Chicago. I went to Roosevelt. Okay, and I moved. to 
to New York in 2013 as well. Okay. But the shuffle off to Buffalo is my go-to tap move. It's the literally the only thing that I can do successfully in tap. I think I learned it because I did it in high school when I was still able to learn new things. You know, we mm-hmm. get that worse and worse at that. But I was doing the the sadder but wiser girls, mm-hmm. the girl for me. Yeah, and it was like that. Music Manny playing Marcellus. I should have been Harold Hill. They really fucked me on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like Harold Hill would so be in your wheelhouse given the, the kind of music that you do now. Oh, absolutely. It's a lot of yeah. Yeah, you, you know. got trouble, my oh, friend. Oh, we got trouble right here on the Adam Sank Show. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure there's a horse sound effect going to play it anytime he wants. He can go tip for tat and tap for tit. <laughs> oh so, my god! So this, d- this leads to my next question, which is how much of what you do is improvisational, and how much of it do you have like planned out in advance? I like every performance I do to be alive in a way where anything could happen at any time. I did musical improv at one point too. And even then I could be in the middle of making up a song. And if something more interesting would happen, I would stop the train of thought and address the more interesting thing because I always wanted it to feel alive that way. And my favorite standup is, has an improvisational feel to it. Even if I know where I'm going or I know where the joke is going to land, how I get there, keeps me on my toes. And I, I just see audiences like, Look, improv is an art form. You can say it had its boom like, what, five years ago or whatever. But, like, improv as a tool is still the most important thing I've ever learned of just, like, audience, you know, live show, whatever's happening in that moment that is in front of you and you talking and addressing and pointing it out is the funniest thing, funnier to me than even the best joke I've written, to be alive like that. It's so great when it works, but it's so terrifying for me. Like, you know, Ryan, I'm a mm-hmm. total control freak. When I do a show, I not only have every word written out that I'm going to say, but I write out where I'm going to pause, where I'm going to like pose. Like, yep. I have to have that. Now, I might change it when I'm up there, yeah. but I have to at least have the script in my head. And as far as if I ever tried to do improv, I'd be like fucking Valerie Cherish. I'd be like, I'm a minor. Like, I wouldn't have <laughs> any idea. That is so scary to me. You have to have, first of all, not only faith in yourself and trust yourself, but you have to trust all these other people on stage with you. Well, you have to like when things go wrong. Oh, I don't like when things go wrong. Mm -hmm. I love, look, I have had the great fortune of a lot of misfortune in my life. Like, literally, the other day at the airport, I took the wrong, someone's bag by accident. Like, I just, we had identical bags and we had a fucking switcheroo. And I'm. Checking my Xanax before my flight to San Francisco, and I see that I have Tian Ho's bag, and he's flying to China. And I go and scan the bag tag, and I'm rushing across the terminal to meet him at his gate. He has my bag. I have his bag. And we just – they were identical. And I just happened to, you know, look for drugs before I got on a flight, which is the only reason that my bag of <laughs> of this shirt that you complimented yes. is not in – you oh know, Wuhan God. right now. I don't, so Like drugs, like like prescription pills so you oh, could Oh, just sleep? Xanax yeah. so I can, like, not freak out on yeah. the flight. But um, but like that, that's I'm so grateful that happened. And like on in improv, when things go wrong, like that's my favorite thing. It's an opportunity for something greater to come. Yes, because now there's like a new yes. challenge. What is like your ultimate dream? Like if someone if someone said like, okay, here's your dream gig, what would it be? Um, I'm so I, I'm working on a thing right now that is uh, my coming out story, which was a particularly insane coming out story uh, that I've turned into a film and I'm developing that. And I'm hoping like there might be some real traction at the same time. I'm always ready for like the rug to be pulled. I'm sure you feel the same way of like, you know, in, until I get the contract in the paper, I'm not going to even like pretend it's happening. But to be a creative force where like I can tell this story, I can tell other stories and I genuinely like to lift other people that I think are great up. I've been a teacher. I've supported myself as a teacher since I was 15. I never half-ass a class I teach. I love students falling in love and discovering their voice. And it, it truly makes me happy. So I would like a platform to tell my own stories, be it in a film medium, and a live medium. And I would like to be um, well-known enough that I never have to beg people to come to a show again. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, I would like to lift other people up. That's, That's a great so nice. dream. That's yeah. a great dream. Most people are like, I want to live in a mansion and have my own talk show and be famous. Who are your comedy influences? Like, who are the people that that you saw growing up and said, like, oh fuck, I want to do that? I always people ask me that question. The, the the people that come to my mind are always more local. Like Cole Escola was one of the most exciting. Sure. Uh, queer performers in New York City. We have to that, get him on the show. Yeah. Oh my God. Sure. Everything he does, he just released like a quote unquote pilot of insanity called PP Manor on his Instagram like 
what's that, IGTV. Mm-hmm. And it's like this 18-minute, like, full-length thing with Amy Sedaris in it. I'm just like, you just made that happen for shits and fucking giggles. And so, like, that was inspiring to me. Um, other performers that, like, um, Pat Cohen, that, like, again, do uh, storytelling through song mediums, like, I've looked up to them, and when they were at Joe's Pub, and then when I, I was like, I want to do Joe's Pub because they did Joe's Pub. So I've, I've really followed like local queer performers, uh, Joel Kim Booster, who I knew in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like another person I've tried to get on the show, he never responds. Oh, she's you got to catch her. You got to catch him. Gotta... He's he's too famous. Yeah, but um, so these people like were trailblazers to me, and also were that much older than me that I didn't like. Um, idolize them in a way. I was like, these are real people who really did it, and I want to also follow their footsteps. Are you familiar with Julie Brown, the white Julie Brown? No. So on MTV in the 80s, there were two Julie Brown, Browns. There was downtown Brown Julie Brown, who was black, and she was a VJ with a British accent. And there was white Julie Brown, who did these ridiculous um, song and video parodies. And her most famous one <clears throat> is called The Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun. <laughs> and at, again, as I was listening to your album, I was thinking, and I loved her so much. And I think you would, you'd get a kick out of her. Yeah, okay. I'll check out Julie Brown. The home, Julie Brown. The homecoming queen has got a gun. gun. She, the homecoming queen's got a gun. It would never happen nowadays because of all the school shootings. But back right. when I was growing up, we didn't have those, so it was like funny. Also, she did a whole takeoff on Madonna's Vogue called Vague. Vague. Yeah, oh, she's, she's really brilliant. She's still around, but like her heyday was the late eighties. Okay. So now, yeah. Philip, without further ado, it's time to play everyone's favorite quiz game: Ask Me No Questions. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. Philip, what's a word that makes you giggle? Uh, ballyhoo. Uh, oh, I like ballyhoo. Ballyhoo. <laughs> so good. What's your favorite kind of porn? Oh, I like really hardcore, <laughs> like like uh, domination, intense sort of stuff. Uh, that's as far as I'll say on this. Interesting. Oh. And does that translate into your real life? Yeah, it can. Uh, I am of a very like. Um, uh, like you, I'm actually a very controlling person in my life, of needing everything to go right. And then in sex, I just like to kind of just go wild and let whatever happen happen. And be a sub bottom. Yeah, sure. Interesting. Yeah. Do you like leather? I've never done IML or leather, and that's really a box I gotta check off. But do you? Sure. Wa- but when you're watching sure. other people, sure. Yeah. You know, like Austin Wolf and leather, like you know. Do we know who Austin <laughs> oh, Wolf is? Adam knows. Uh, he's, been a, he's been a subject of many discussions on the Adam Sank show. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think of him necessarily as the leather queen. I know he's been to those leather events, but he's pretty yeah. clean cut. He would be like the idealized fantasy guy. Get a little closer guy. to the mic there. He would be a li- like the idealized fantasy guy in my, in my imagination. But also, real life doesn't have to be your imagination. I try and be open to any sort of attraction. That's right. Life. That's great. Yeah. All right, Philip, I'm going to put you on the spot. Improvise a song. You almost did this before. Improvise a oh, song God. right now about being on this podcast. Okay. Well, we've got horses ninnying, nay, nay, nay. We've got lots of questions asking, what the hey do you want to do with your ass? Do you want to say with your voice, who inspires you? Who's your top into? How about we ask you on the Adam Sank Show? Adam Sank Show. You got to shuffle off to Buffalo with Ryan. Oh, you got the Adam, Adam, Adam Sank Show. Yes. It was amazing. Our oh studio God. audience is going crazy. Oh. They love you. They that really was really, really impressive because it wasn't just that you came up with words that rhymed and made sense, but you also wrote a melody immediately. Yeah. If, I guess, yeah, which is whatever was in this old teapot head of mine. I'm um, a little gag. But also the way that you, in the moments where you were, I could see, since obviously I'm here with you in person, I could see you like finding your way, but you did it in a way where you never stalled. You kept going, even when it, you may not have known what was next, you, yes. you, you found a nice way to kind of stay in the pocket. Well, the thing I'll say that is a little tip is when you want to know where to go next at improv, you look in the rearview mirror. So you look at what you've just been through, and mm. then you pull on that. So I was remembering our moment of yes. the tapping, and I yes. was remembering the horse. So it's yes. just pulling that together and then trying to create a point of view that's fun and full of it was uh, fabulous. Crazy. I don't know. That was wonderful. I'm very, very impressed. But also what you just said is is important because I always tell young comedians, like, listen to what you're saying when you're on stage. Listen to your own set. Because if you don't, 
you're going to repeat information that you've already said, or you're going to skip something important that is essential for your story or your joke. A lot of times I think people get out of their head too much when they're performing, and you you do have to get out of your head in, in, in the good way. Like, don't be self-conscious, don't be insecure, but you have to stay in your head in terms of, like, be aware of, of what your brain is doing yeah, and I remember it and pay attention to it. Remember what you said, pay attention to it. And something that I think you espouse, which is to do the homework. Like you said, you, yes. you write every beat of your show so that you know it, even if you can be loose on stage with it. And I think, it, yeah, not to be like Joe Biden on this podcast, but the younger generation. No, it's like you have to, You have, any good performer in the world has done the homework Preparation. and the prep work so that they can be free up there. And they've also eaten eaten shit on stage there is no one that hasn't like blown it but the, certainly the great have. performers learn from their mistakes and they look in the rearview mirror and they say how can i do it better name something that you would spit out if it ever went in your mouth tomatoes really oh my God. i was a really crazy child like i didn't eat a sandwich until i got to college because i had a fear of any ingredient touching another ingredient and to this day left over from that sandwich fear i've now had sandwiches they're fucking amazing but i still cannot eat a raw tomato i gag i gag honey i gag now let me say something i'm that way if a tomato is not 100 ripe an unripe tomato to me is like putting a piece of dog shit in my mouth. Yeah. But a really good red ripe tomato on the vine mm -hmm. is one of the most wonderful pleasures with a little bit of, of balsamic vinaigrette. Yes, honey, oh, fabulous. Yes, all that. I love I'm going to make you a tomato salad for our first date, no. and I think you're going uh, to change wow. your tune. Wow. Are you a little OCD, though? That sandwich thing sounded like OCD. Yeah, I don't know if I'm OCD. I do OCD. OC <laughs> my drag name is OCD. My wait, that's really good. My drag name is OCD. <laughs> Oopsie doopsie. Um, I did come up with a drag name once that's highly offensive, and I could never. Please, do it. that's what we live for on this show. I went to Birthright. I'm half Jewish. Yes, and, I did that too. Uh, well, the yes. Holocaust Museum, as you know, oh my god, is, uh, um, <laughs> Yad Vashem. I'm and laughing. while I was at the Holocaust Museum, it occurred to me that my drag name in Israel could be Yad. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Which is not something I could ever be. Even Yadva sounds like a Jewish woman. Yad like, Vashem. Hi, I'm Yad, Yad Vashem. Vashem. Please welcome to the stage. Yad Vashem. How about Yad, Vashem. How about Yad Vashem? Yad Vashem. Ooh, so many layers on that. Oh my god. And everything you're saying leads to my next question. This is not uh this is a coincidence. Have you ever been in full drag? And if so, what was your drag name? Yes, I did um a friend of mine uh made me over, um, Ms. Golden Delicious, who I've done a lot of shows with, and she made me over and I debuted in my show Sparkle Hour as Gala Bathhouse, which if you know at the gay bathhouse, I was Gala Bathhouse. I danced to an Emily King number with John Juan and Miss Golden Delicious, and it was Oh, Kiko Soiree, I should say, because John was in drag too. And that was my like first and only real head-to-toe drag. I think I love drag. I think I actually look good in drag. I think he's I a just, look pretty. Like a gorgeous It's yeah. just woman. something that like I feel like I'm behind the curve now, and I've kind of like – I'm such a baby. I like – I feel like it's, it's too late. It's a lot of work too. It's a lot to break into, and I, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but maybe – that should be a New Year's goal, and I should should really give myself a drag run. Same. As Yaz Vashem. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good How name. quickly would I be canceled as oh Yaz Vashem? You're already canceled. It's great. But I don't know that enough people would get it that, that they would be outraged. Like, yeah. because you because you wouldn't spell it the same way, right? And it's such a yes. small number of people that, that would know really get what, who what Yad Vashem is. Like, it's not like you called yourself like Ashy Wits or something. Like Auschwitz, you know. Auschwitz. I mean, but considering like how gays, <laughs> that's pretty gays are too. ruining the, the Holocaust Wits. Museum, you know. That's um, true. I have a, lyric, a little lyric about that. I have a song called Instagay. It's just 30 seconds. And it's Instagay, Instagay, everybody follow Instagay. He's posing with a thirst trap boyfriend outside of Yad Vashem. The Holocaust Memorial is so sartorial with two homosexual well-dressed men chasing Instagay, Instagay, everybody follow Instagay. Wow. Once again, Bob after Bob after Bob. Yad Vashem really figures uh, prominently into your work, and I I respect that about you. I think I've you've already answered this, but what's the weirdest place you've ever had sex? 
I mean, it, it would. I said outdoors in Bali, but actually, the Horsfuchsting Market, which I think I'm mispronouncing, is the horse fair in Berlin at um, the Kit Kat Club, and that was the craziest sexual experience of my life. So that's that sounds like hot. Horses. And the next time you're on the show, I want that entire story. Philip Markle's album is called At the Gay Bathhouse. It's available on Spotify. How can people follow you on the interwebs? So I go by Philip's. Sparkle on, with one L. With one L, yes. Um, and speaking of how you spell my name, I have a show on March 27th uh, coming up with another Philip that I do a show with called Faggity Fest with Phil and Philip. And so that's at my theater if you want to come see me do a bunch of my songs with another Philip. And yeah, and then other than that, just yeah, stream me wherever you stream your music. I am really excited to see one of your shows. It's great to meet you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for Thank having you for me. Ryan and JB, plug yourselves. I'm at Ryan Frosting on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Stocking Anarchy 12 on Instagram. Thanks to all of you. The Ass will be back next week with our brand new Best of Guest List special. In the meantime, don't forget to download Adam Sank's last comedy album. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Subscribe to DNRstudios.com. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye. Bye.